Okay, this is kind of a random one because uh, I've had a long, hard day, which is not quite over yet. And then uh, I had I just finished a little while ago an hour long on uh, Lakeshore Public Radio with Tom and Dane Cook, also known as Nameless Bay. Oh, hold on, this tripod's about to fall over. Well, let's see if it. Oh, good. Hopefully that'll stay up for a bit longer. Anyway. I was really quite impressed. So um, Tom's a brilliant interviewer and uh, he did a really good job of trying to summarize my crazy brain. So um, he talked about all the various books I've written and I just thought since I discussed them on radio, I might as well show you the covers. So the first was Face on Mars, which is nonfiction. And then I wrote this book, which is also non-fiction, that's the Sistema one, and these are both pretty, you know, this is like 400 and something, 460 pages on this one, this one is over 500 and has just been recently revised in 20, well, recently 2014, yeah, this is also 520, and then there's the fiction books, now the fiction books started out with this, which was the original cover of Overlords of Mars. There is an alternate cover, which actually has got my wife's um, eyes and a little bit of her face in the corner. This was the original cover and uh, the one I designed. Um, actually, my, my wife's eyes on the alternate cover are... That's a picture of her from uh, before we got married. Long before we got married. And this is the second book in the series, which also has a, a woman on the on the cover. That's one of the Martian pyramids. And this one is pretty cinematic. Now, the third book in the series is not done yet. And that's been a while because I did this one, I think, in 2014. This one came out in 2011. So three years between books and it's now 2019 and I haven't finished the third one. Just life gets in the way, you know. Got divorced, got married had a kid, you know, stuff. And this one, Confederate Rising, is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek. This is a little novella. This one is uh, was written mostly for my friends, and there's a lot of inside jokes. Those of you who know me personally will get the inside jokes. Those of you who don't will just read it as a cool story. This is set in the same universe as the Overlords of Mars, but many years in the future. And... Um, Lastly, but not leastly, of course, and perhaps more importantly than many of the others, is the Believe, which has got quite a few people to convert to Catholicism. Proper Catholicism, not Novus Orco. And even more. Now, this are the books for the uh, Immortal Mistress of Sound. And since it's taken me so long, and I know that books to the States take ages to get there sometimes, a couple of months, because, you know, you could probably mail C4, okay, but books, that's real dangerous stuff. So the U.S. Customs keeps it for a couple of months sometimes. And I didn't want that. So since I'm going to be in the States, once I get in the States, Alicia, that's your, these are coming straight to you. And... So that was that. The, the radio interview was really quite cool. I'm very impressed with Dane, who's organized all sorts of things. You know, one of the things I said on the radio, because um, the interviewer said, oh, so, you know, 
um, you know, Dane said that like, oh, I did the Kurgan didn't really believe that I was really serious about getting him to the States. And it's like, that's not quite accurate. I didn't have time to think he wasn't serious because he said to me, oh, would you come to the States if I fly you over? And I was like, yeah, but look, you know, I've got a family and it's time. And, you know, it's like six hours later, he had the GoFundMe page up. He'd like thrown money at it. He got people involved. I was like, what the hell, dude? Okay. I guess I'm in, you know, so, oh, and, and uh, we are now within, thanks to a very generous uh, anonymous contributor, um, Corvius, I think it was his uh, sort of on-screen name, which is Latin for, um, oh, what are those blackbirds? Corvo. I I forget the name in English for right, right now. I've got a brain fart moment, probably because I've had a glass of wine and a, a bit of cognac and chocolate, so they oh those big black birds they're like scavengers uh, it'll come to me anyway it's called corvo in italian and corvus in latin and that's kind of his nickname so thank you very much because you've got us within i think seven or eight hundred dollars i don't know i haven't checked lately let me have a quick look fundraiser there we go right we are now oh no that's uh, not updated right so we're now at 1,884 of $2,500. So we're within, you know, striking distance. We're within about $600 of, yeah, Nobilis Corvus. The noble, oh, what the hell is that bird called in English? I don't know. Like I said, I'm having a senior moment. The noble Corvo, which is that black bird that eats dead bodies and other things. Um, thank you very much. That was a very generous uh, donation. So we're within 600 bucks of Nameless Bear Breaking Even. There's going to be some books to sign. There's going to be some t-shirts. And there's going to be me for three hours in a room that seats 22. And it's right next to the theater where the Big Bear will have his show, which we're going to. And we're also going to meet up with him. And... Uh, you know, those of you that are there, I think that there's certainly a few of you that have told me that you're going to be there as well. Come and say hi for sure, whether you're at the book signing or at the Big Bear thing. I mean, I'm pretty easy to recognize, you know. And um, some random things that I just sort of remembered was, you know, Vox Day goes on about um, don't talk to the media. And he's right. He's very right. But... Uh, some of us are able to talk to the media. Now, keep in mind that I did my first one on first TV interviews because of the face on Mars in England with a channel that was called E something, like E with a with, with a, um, an exclamation mark, like entertainment. And while I was doing the interview, I could just tell from the questions the guy was asking that he was trying to like, you know, he was going to edit whatever I said in a way that would just make whatever I said sound obscenely stupid or crazy or whatever so on the fly and i realized i was 26 years old and i realized this while he was giving me the interview and i just thought no fuck you i'm gonna give you the que the, the answers in a way that you're not gonna be able to edit them when i finished that interview i walked out and i told my friend i said fucking hell, i don't know what that's gonna look like they're probably gonna like put the face of an alien on my face and make me look like crazy and he burst out laughing you will never believe this. And if I, I still have the tape somewhere, I think I need to convert it to digital stuff because this was like, you know, 24 years ago, 25 years ago, 24 years ago. And uh, 
lo and behold, when the show, when the TV program came out, they did superimpose while I was talking the face of like one of those uh, gray aliens with antennas and shit over my face. It was just like, we said it as a joke. They actually did it. But they couldn't, they had to do that because they couldn't do anything else. All my, all my answers were, were phrased just short enough and direct enough that he, he couldn't really make what I said sound crazy. And um, I just thought it was, it was very interesting. So I had a very early on understanding of how the media works. And Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, which is where I was interviewed, I, I've got to say that that interview was very good. And, um, you know, the show was seemed very um, honest. So it wasn't at all that kind of a setup. It was a genuine sort of want to get information about you and want to spread the word type thing. So it was very interesting. It was very, very good. Um, Vox is right when he says don't talk to the media as a general rule. And when you're talking about, you know, things like the New York, the New Yorker or, you know, major newspapers or so on or Wired magazine, Cosmopolitan, you know, those guys, I was in Cosmopolitan, I've been interviewed by newspapers and so on, and I've appeared in them, you know, various times in my life. And almost all of those guys will do a hit piece on you, even when they're not trying specifically to do a hit piece, they will still do kind of a hit piece on you. It's just how they operate. So you kind of got to know what you're doing if you're if you're into that thing, or just not care at all. And I kind of got both. So but, um, you know, that aside, there was, um, oh, there was a couple of other things I wanted to talk about. I can't remember what the hell they were because I've just had one of those days today. But yeah, I'm going to be in Hobart on the uh, 4th and the 5th. So it's going to be on whatever day the 4th is, I think. I think it's the 4th or the 3rd. I think it's the 4th. I think the 4th is when we're doing the book signing. But it's on, actually, it's on the donate page, I think. So let me just see. Yep. So it is, um, the location of the book signing is in, it's a place, a record shop called Record Bin. It's on 218 Main Street in Hobart. Um, there are 22 seats in there. Confirmed people that are coming, let they know, because then we will try and save you a seat. If you just turn up on the day, you know, maybe there's plenty of empty seats and I'll just be sitting by myself or maybe there's just not enough standing room, you know. And there's if, if you donate $75 or more, you um, you get a you get a T-shirt or a, or a signed copy of Believe or The Face on Mars for the first 15 seats, first 15 people who sign up for it. And a couple of guys already have, so they're going pretty quick now. If you bring a book, I'll sign it. Pretty much if you bring anything else, I'll probably sign it. Um, you know, or if you're trying to intentionally be offensive, well, maybe maybe I won't, but we'll see. Um, that's basically it. I'm just trying to see what the date is. I think it's going to be on the 4th, whatever the Saturday is. Good. Saturday or the Friday? I'm not sure. No, no, it's the Friday. Friday, I think, is the 4th because I fly out on the 3rd. Okay, so that's that's about it. Um, like I said, a bit rambly. And uh, <clears throat> there was 
you know, the interview asked a lot of questions. And one of the things that obviously has come up a lot in my life was it's very difficult to summarize any of the things I'm interested in, mostly because they're very complex topics or because it takes years to get familiar with them. You know, so like just in the introduction, the way he I sort of thought, man, if I was listening to this radio, I think the guy that they're interviewing has got to be a bullshitter and a bit of a dick because oh, um, this supposedly this really good martial artist and I've written books and I'm a hypnotist and I've traveled the world and I've grown up in different countries and I speak different languages and it's sort of like yeah he can't be good at all that shit but you know I actually am good at a bunch of stuff um, I'm also really not good at a bunch of other stuff but the fact is that I don't think of it as particularly strange but that's because it's me and it's my life. I realize, however, that the average person probably, you know, maybe does a tenth of the thing that I've done if they have an interesting life. And weirdly enough, one of the, the things that we came up with on this was playing role playing games with my brother. We used to make up these characters and we were like, we we're trying to compare them to what we knew and what we were like when we were teenagers. And we we're like, man, it's, you know, these guys are all like, like your first level, your second level, your third level characters. They're kind of like stupid. They're kind of like weak, you know? It's like, man, these guys can't do anything. It's like you have to pick your skills and it's like you have to choose sort of like between swimming and breathing, you know, stuff. Like, what the hell? And my brother was like, yeah, but, you know, because he'd been in the States. And then he was like, yeah, but, you know, the thing is most people just don't know shit, you know? And we all, because we grew up in Africa, we were kind of thinking, oh, the rest of the world knows all this stuff and more, you know, they know a lot more than us. And it was the other way around. When I came to Europe, I was like, these guys are all retarded. What the hell? You know, I mean, when I came to England, one of the first questions one of the girls asked, you know, I got into the class and they're like, oh, hi, how, where are you from? Welcome. You know, I was like, oh, you know, I lived in Africa. Like, but where in Africa? What's the capital of Africa? These were students at what was then called A-levels. So just before you go off to university, you know, you're like 16, 17 years old. Some of them were 18 between there and they were studying geography geography was one of their only three subjects that they took at a levels and i got honest to god asked what is the capital of africa by one of the girls and the other people the other girl that was there the other guy were like oh, oh wait um, so to make a joke you know i said i don't know what's the capital of europe and her friend goes the capital of europe isn't that like london is it london i'm not sure I was like, oh my God, I'm in the fucking twilight zone. You know, so, and talking with my brother, he was like, yeah, but that's because most people don't know how to swim. Most people don't know more than one language. And, you know, for us, it was like, we, we, we were bilingual by the time we were like 10. You know, it was like, we both spoke English and Italian fluently, both read it, write it. And, you know, since then I've learned more languages. Uh, I remember once I was a few years back now and I went to see my dad. He had a problem with um, his computer and the antivirus software was, is it called Karpinsky or whatever? Anyway, it's a Russian antivirus, which is pretty good. But the support, of course, is in Russia, you know, and like they gave a Russian number. My dad said, you know, I tried to call these guys. You know, my dad's like 70, over 70 now. And he was like, well, I tried to call these guys, but they speak a funny language. I don't know what they're doing. Can you sort my shit out? And I was like, okay, dad. And he goes, oh, and by the way, 
you know, this was back in, I can't remember how long ago this was. This was probably eight or nine, maybe even 10 years ago, whatever. And he goes, by the way, some random bitch, she sent me an email on LinkedIn. She was telling me that, you know, some sex stuff, but I don't know who she is. I think she must be one of your girlfriends because we have the same name. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was just like, okay, dad, never mind. Let's just fix your, anti, your antivirus software. So I call up this number, which is in Russia. And of course, another guy on the other side rattles off in Russian. Um, yes, how can I help? And my Russian is very limited, but it's good enough to sort of say, hi, I've got a problem. I don't really speak Russian. Can you put me through to somebody who speaks English? And both my dad and my brother were like, my dad was like, what language is he talking now? And my brother was like, I think he's speaking Russian. I don't know. Just when the fuck did he learn Russian? I don't know, dad, you know how he is. He probably fucking learned last weekend. <laughs> you know, and I got through to somebody who could actually speak a bit of English and with my broken Russian and their broken English, we, we got it sorted out. But yeah, you know, to me, that's just sort of like, and the thing is, I'd, I still don't believe, although I've, I've realized, thanks to Vox and some other stuff, I've realized that there's definitely that 30 IQ gap and it does create problems and it does make it difficult for other people to understand how you think and what you're trying to say and blah, blah, blah. But I still think that the average person can do so much more than they do. I mean, on Anne Barnhart's uh, blog a while back, there was a picture of a sculptor that is, since I'm a kid, in Italy, we've got sculptures everywhere. In every piazza, you've got like statues and, you know, brilliant stuff. And since I'm a kid, I looked at this stuff and I used to think, how the hell did they get a piece of marble to look like a human being to such an amazing level of detail? And I mean, you make one mistake, that's it. That's the marble broken. You've got to start again. Anyway, on, on Barnhart's blog, there was a post where she had photographs of an amazing marble statue that was created by a relatively unknown, but, you know, brilliant artist of the, I don't know, 15th century or something like that, who was 15 when he did that. He was 15 years old. I mean, there were people that were 13 years old and they led men into battle. So, you know, right now, like your average 26 year old lives at home with his parents and, you know, probably can't change the tire on his car if he has a blowout. It's fucking ridiculous, you know? So I think you should push yourself and you should uh, be more willing to get way out of your comfort zone, you know, test your limits, learn a new language, learn new shit, do stuff, do, 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 do things. And, uh, you know, Dane Cook's a doer. I mean, that guy made a decision, stumped up a bunch of cash. And uh, he, I hope he doesn't mind me saying it, but he let me on to a little insight into his life, which was, you know, a few years ago, he was working in a menial sort of job, getting something close to minimum wage or less. And nine years later, he's making really good money and he's, you know, he's got a, a decent job and he's pulled himself out of a situation that was pretty terrible, um, which has allowed him to, you know, get married and have a child. So he's okay now. But, you know, when he, when he upfronted all that money, I was kind of worried for him. I was like, dude, I, you know, I don't know if anybody's 
I don't even know if you're going to make your money back. I mean, that's a lot of money you put out. And he was like, you know what? I don't care. I have faith. And his faith is definitely being paid off. And the, the really important part of this little story that I wanted to tell you about, which is really his story to tell, because I don't know all the details, is that he has put his trust in the way of faith. Well, you know, I think he called it the, the way of faith and trust. And it's always given him great returns. And insofar as I've been able to do that, I absolutely concur. Um, we're quite different people, different ideas, different ways of doing things, but that is absolutely true. If you have genuine faith and it's not a begging, to, you know, sort of like, oh, please help me out. No, it's like, you know, God will provide and you work your ass off. Don't, don't get me wrong. Working your ass off is never uh, optional. That's you just have to do it. It really works. So, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're struggling with, you know, I know some of you are really pining for uh, some kind of a relationship. Some of you got money issues. Some of you have got like uh, Catholic church issues. There's a guy called Nick who wrote me an email. Nick, if you're watching this, um, I've sent you a response and I've told you to get a hold of me. I told you how to get a hold of me. Give me a call and uh, we'll talk on the phone. It's, uh, it's easier than email, long emails and so on. You know, some, some of you are struggling with all sorts of stuff, as are all of us. But act, have faith, trust in God, and uh, you will find an answer and you will find a way. It might not be the way that you thought, might not be the answer you thought, but quite often the answer you get is better than you could ever expect and completely unexpected. So that's about it. I'm going to say good night and I'll try and ping out another video during the weekend at some point. Good night.